Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. Here with my first cup of coffee. Today's Wednesday, January 9th. I'm looking out the window at the long view down the valley. There's still a lot of snow on the Ortiz Mountains. I can't see Cynthia from my chair quite as well. I can if I sort of crane over, but um, it's just amazing that the snow, we don't have snow hang on like this. Um, and all along the green belt down below the house, there's all sorts of snow on the ground still. Um, although yesterday we did begin to get a prodigious melt. The birds were tweeting like it was springtime. Water was dripping off of the canales, unfortunately, through the vent in my office as well, which can be a little startling when a drop of snow melt falls on one's neck <laughs> unsuspectingly. I also see there's a little bit of rust there, so we're going to have to deal with this. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before. It's a consequence of the flat roofs. We're just not meant to have water pooled on them. For the most part, they run off, but I there's a little bit of a... I noticed when I was up taking down the luminarias, which I did on Sunday morning, that the... Um, some of the water that was snow that was melting was pooling in sort of a low spot on the roof where it can then seep into this vent. So maybe I'll replace the vent and get like one of those snazzy gothic decorative ones. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Like brass or something like that. It's a good, <laughs> now I kind of want to do it. <laughs> Uh, but um, David has promised to get up on the roof and shovel the snow off, which is what we end up having to do because it, um, it really has drifted up in places and I don't think it'll melt on its own. And we're maybe to get more snow on Sunday. All of this being good things because last winter we had like no snow at all, no precipitation. So this is going to be great. Um. So yeah, I'm podcasting again today. I'm going through a big snafu with my website. And the the TLDR is that I'm going to have to, um, I'm switching over to a new website host and designer. And while we're doing this transition, I hesitate to put too much on the existing site in case it gets lost. Um, I have been not happy with my web designer for quite some time. I paid her back in September to change over the website to make it into a shop and to do a reskin, to do a bunch of updates and reorganize. Some of you may remember that I did a big poll back in summer or that Corrine ran it asking people to go and look at my website and you know see how easy it was for them to find things and give recommendations for what would make it better so we were you know had this whole list of stuff that we wanted to do and um while the shop finally got done um none of the other stuff was ever done and you know and I don't really want to get into this whole go down into the weeds too much on it but we did some back and forth thing yesterday and my web designer said, oh, but it, look, it is done and gave me the link. And, you know, it's like it's full of fatal errors and nothing's working. And and I'm done anyway because this has taken so freaking long and I'm 
not happy. I am not happy. And you know, the thing is that stuff like that just feels so stressful. I just hate dealing with people that way. I hate having to do this whole, um, no, this is what I asked you to do and you didn't do it conversation. I don't know. Some people are probably better at that than I am. So anyway, you know, it's confrontational, but then it's also stressful as in, you know, my website does a lot of heavy lifting in my life. And you know, there are some people who don't update their websites often. I, I bet I touch my website every day. So uh, anyway, I don't want to do too much in the way of stuff that's only on the website until we get this all sorted. Whereas the podcasts themselves are on uh, Buzzsprout. I always want to say BuzzFeed, which is probably good branding on BuzzFeed's part. But uh, yeah, Buzzsprout. So I can always bring those back over if they get lost from the website. Whereas if I, <coughs> excuse me, if I blog something directly on the website and it gets lost in the changeover. Um, it, this whole thing has been uh, potentially, I didn't, you know, my web designer was not replying to me. And she says, oh, well, I never got your emails, which I don't know how you can run a business that way. Um, but I didn't know what was going on. So we actually have the website backed up by this new provider from back at Christmas time. And so I'm hoping we don't have to jump back all those weeks, but we'll just see what happens. That's all a very long explanation for the podcasting. Obviously, you guys like the podcasting. I think there's a lot of people out there who just read posts. I um, <laughs> did want to put up a post. I took a picture today of the <laughs> these little things. I was running on the treadmill like a good kitty cat doing my run. And which actually felt good today. It's finally kind of getting back into the swing after the uh, the lethargy. Is it lethargy of the holidays? The laziness of the holidays. Uh, I was running on the treadmill and I noticed my little sports bra felt weird on my breasts and and I realized that those inserts that they put inside, those little pad things, and that's why I took a picture of is those little pad things that, like, the last time I washed it, that they'd bunched up. And I think we're meant to – I don't even know what the rules are. Do you guys know what the rules are on these things? I mean, are we supposed to pull those little pads out when they wash, when we do the wash, and then put them back in? Which doesn't make sense because – if you're like sweaty and stinky, then that would go into those little pad things too, right? Are you supposed to wash them separately and then put them in? Um, you know, because they do have like the little things on the sides, the little slits so that you can pull those out. And what I end up doing is I just end up pulling the damn things out of everything, you know, like the little filler pads out of all the bras and sports bras and everything. And which means that I end up with this drawer full of these little inserts. And I feel very strongly that we should come up with some sort of craft project for using these little inserts, you know, like those things about what, what you should do with um, used dryer sheets or, um, or the whole 
you know, our favorite, the leftover wine from dinner, <laughs> which everybody finds hysterical because who has wine left over from dinner? Uh, I, I feel like this could be a thing. I'd like, I'd like suggestions for things we could do with the sports bra inserts. Um, I don't even know what they're called, pads. You know, and they're ugly looking. They're weird. I mean, I know they're not meant to be seen, but, you know, and if you do wash them with the pads in there and then they get crumpled up, I mean, you spend all this time, like, trying to, you know, reach through that little slit with a couple of fingers and trying to rearrange them again. And I'm not even sure which way they're meant to go. You know, I feel like we should be having some sort of instruction book for dealing with these things. There's clearly an intention out there that we should know how to deal with these. And yet, I don't know. So if you guys know, someone explain to me. What are the rules? What are they called? And what are the rules for them? Or should we just make them into a grand found art installation? Um, this would be the the bra-burning equivalent of the nearly 2020s, right? We're in the 20 teens, almost done with the 20 teens. Isn't that amazing? The bra burning equivalent is the uh, <clears throat> protest of modern women extracting these extraneous bra filler cups from our sports bras. And we could create some sort of vast wicker man, wicker woman monument and set it ablaze. I like this idea. We should do this. Um, so, yeah, yesterday was dealing with the website a lot. It was also release day for Warriors. So I was online a lot. Um, and also we're working on the cover for the Orchid Throne. I got the first pass. It's going to be so pretty. It's going to be so gorgeous, you guys. Uh, but we did have to do some back and forthing on it. And so soon, soon, hopefully. Um, and I am almost done with the Rise Enchantment. I know I've been saying that for a while now. Uh, I did end up going back and restructuring the beginning. I added almost an entire first chapter. Uh, just sort of worked out that way and restructured the beginning. And now I'm through... Uh, revising up a whole bunch of it again, and I've only got about 8,000 words left. So I will finish those in the next few days and send it off to my copy editor, and we will get those done. Uh, this is someone I've worked with for a very long time, so her, and I, she's smart and brilliant. Actually, she doesn't know she's going to do this. I have it on my list to email her today and say something to her about, does she have time? She doesn't. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um but I hate to schedule her ahead because then that just creates deadline pressure for me, which I can't really do. I was messaging with uh, Grace Draven a little bit last night. She's working away on Dragon Unleashed. So we talked about that some. But we were also talking about this uh, instance Trying to decide how much I could tell you guys. One of the problems with the Orchid Throne cover is that Agent Sarah and, I, Sarah and I feel like it looks too much like a cover I already have. 
And we did a side-by-side, and we said there's just too many similarities, and we don't want there to be confusion because this is a whole new series. And they agreed. And so we're, you know, we talked about ways to change that up. Um, but one thing that Corrine said, assistant Corrine, uh, snarkily commented that if they did keep the cover that way, that I could then uh, get into a flame war with myself on social media and accuse myself of ripping myself off or trying to coattail myself, uh, which is funny. Uh, funny and not, and that's part of what Grace and I were talking about, because there's been a couple of very high-profile incidences lately um, where an author has accused another author of um, trying to rip them off, trying to copy them. Uh, and in one case <laughs> that's so high-profile that I don't mind naming names at all, this uh, YA author, uh, Tomi Adeyemi, who had her de- debut book in March, um, put on Twitter her cover next to the cover by Nora Roberts' new release and accused Nora Roberts of trying to coattail on her uh, for by stealing part of her title. And I believe that uh, and Yemi's title is Children of Blood and Bone, and Nora's title is something like Of Blood and Bone. That's something like that. And and I'm here to tell you guys, first off, you know, one thing is, is you cannot copyright a title. There are many books out there with identical titles. Also, having Blood and Bone in your title, especially in particular genres, you know, it's like having Dark Kiss in your title. There are lots and lots of blood and bone out in the titles there. So not only is that ridiculous, no matter who the person is, um, for the debut author to accuse Nora Roberts, who is worth something like $30 million, of coattailing on her is a bit of a stretch. And... Um, Eddie Yemi is a young black woman, and she sort of stoked a lot of furor in her followers uh, who dismissed Nora Roberts as being some old white lady who writes primarily romance. Uh, you know, and that's like, you know, you could call Stephen King some old white guy who writes primarily horror. It doesn't change the fact that these are, you know, lions in the literary field. So, so I mean, it was funny because, you know, it was like this whole uh, putting the book cover side by side and, it would be amusing if I did that and accused myself of ripping myself off, and yet not. Um, and then apparently last week this happened again, um, which was a sort of an iteration of something that happened several years ago in romance. And in this case, I'm not going to name names because it's a little too fresh and the community's a little too small. But there were two authors who had their debut books with different publishers in almost the same year, if not the exact same year, basically the same time. And the two had 
very, very similar names. And, and it's, and, and actually I'll tell you that they both have the first name Jennifer, which is my first name also. You know, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of women in our generation named Jennifer. Uh, it was the most popular name for something, for a god awful long time, for something like 10 or 15 years, Jennifer was the most popular girl's name. There are a lot of Jennifers out there. And a lot of us are stealth Jennifers. It's always amusing to find the other stealth Jennifers because many, many, many of us go by alternate names, either entirely alternate names or some variation on it. Mine is fairly unique. I haven't met any other Jeffies. In fact, I know one gal in high school who was a Jennifer who tried to get people to call her Jeffy also. It did not work out well. And not because I was mean. And I and that's part of my point here, is that you don't have to be mean about it. So anyway, there was Jennifer A and Jennifer B. And unfortunately enough, they had the same last name, which, you know, what are the odds? But it was also a fairly common last name that differed only by one vowel. Uh, one was spelled with an I instead of an E. But otherwise, it was the same last name. And they were writing in a very similar genre. And it, you know, sometimes these things happen. And they were differentiated in one way in that the one gal used her middle initial. So now any of you in the know will know exactly who I'm talking about. But so Jennifer A um, really hit it. Uh, and I've read her books and I think she's a really terrific writer. Uh, she's also a delightful person. I've met her. She's been helpful to me, helpful to other people, a generous personality. But she's also hit bestseller status with her books. You know, and who can say why these things happen? I had not read any books by Jennifer B., but she did not skyrocket in the same way. And that doesn't mean that her books aren't as good. Uh, they weren't personally appealing to me. Is the only reason I never read them. But, you know, these things, they happen. You know, it's, it's so, if we knew why one book or series took off and another didn't, then, you know, all of these, it, the business would be doing much better. They would be able to pick out and, and know exactly. Nobody knows. So anyway, Jennifer B., some years back, went on a huge rant accusing Jennifer A. of basically stealing her career. And she was very bitter about it. Well, and and Jennifer A. took the high road and just never responded to it, which is what you have to do. That's, um, that, that's, uh, you can't argue with that sort of thing. It's like, no, I wrote under my name. I did the best I could. This wasn't a personal vendetta to ruin your life. Uh, and Jennifer B. arguably has never gotten over it. She ended up changing her name to something um, close but quite a bit different in order to uh, differentiate herself, which, you know, maybe I would have done that too. Uh, although there certainly would have been, it would have been legitimate for her to keep her name, and I don't think anyone would have blamed her for capitalizing on reader confusion because it was legit her name and what she'd published under uh, 
But instead, she sort of became known for doing a lot of social media rants and blogging and so forth. And apparently last week, she got all upset again about Jennifer A. and saying not only had Jennifer A. stolen her name, but now she'd ripped off one of her book covers. And that Jennifer B. had had this style of book cover before Jennifer A. did and how Jennifer A. is still trying to get her. And, you know, it's it's right back to that same thing as like with Tommy Adeyemi. You know, it's like Nora Roberts and her people uh, are not looking at a Tommy Adeyemi, no matter how delightful her debut is. They're simply not trying to coattail off of a, a young author like that. And there's a certain amount of hubris involved there, but it's also a very damaging level of self-involvement, I think. Not, you know, a, med, a very solipsistic, perhaps even narcissistic way of seeing the world. And so I guess the moral of the story here is that... Um, you know, and what Grace and I were talking about is how well Jennifer A. has handled all of this. And, you know, it's just that she never says anything. She never says anything on social media about any of it. And that's the thing to do. So here I've gone on long saying things on my own social media. But uh, think good thoughts for me on the website. And... You guys haven't been commenting lately, and I don't know if it's because maybe the web website's worked. <laughs> but, um, you know, broad cups, think about them. Hope you all have a great day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.